Hi, Dean. Hi, Carrie. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Brewer World Podcast. We don't have to say our names now. We don't, actually. <laughs> We've kind of done that for each other. But we do have to shout out an anonymous listener, I'm assuming, who sent us a wonderful gift. It's a little Mothman plushie. A little LGBTQ-friendly Mothman plushie in honor of the Fresno Nightcrawler episode, which, as we all know from that episode, is also has been kind of adopted by that community. And it's a Mothman, a little black moth with scary red eyes and wings. It's very cool. Thank you very much, whoever you are. I'm going to post a picture on Instagram. But also, I want to shout out the Etsy person who made it. Oh, yeah. Which I just now thought to do. <laughs> so, LM Art by Liz McCown, M-C-C-O-W-N. In West Virginia, I think. The home of the Mothman. I think so, yeah. I think so. Well, thank Very you. Very cool. Great, great piece of work. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Okay. Now, to our episode. Special Christmas episode here. We're uploading on actual Christmas. Actually, Christmas night. So most of you are hearing this after Christmas, but we did. Check the date. We're <laughs> uploading this on Christmas. In fact, we're recording this on Christmas 2022. It's been a busy few days. It has. So, shall we get started? Yes. So today we're going to talk about what we all know so much about is the war on Christmas. It's terrible. Ah, I mean, every year we can all see this war on Christmas in the way that for the past, I don't know what month or so, no one's talking about Christmas, no one's celebrating Christmas, no one's shopping for Christmas, no one's traveling for Christmas and getting stuck in the airport for two days. None of those things are happening (laughs) because Christmas has been destroyed by this war on Christmas. Very few Christmas decorations available in the stores. You never find them. Uh Yeah. People just don't care anymore. It's been going on since 2004, really at least since 2004, but that was when Bill O'Reilly more or less invented the modern war on Christmas. And, you know, things like, it's what we think it is. Oh, the people were saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. But since then, it's been, this battle has been joined by some of America's best and brightest. People like Sarah Palin, who wrote a book about it in 2013. <laughs> and, um... Uh, other people on Fox News. Let's just leave it there. We know the war is still ongoing, of course, because people are still saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. So that yeah, that is that, terrible. I mean, that's, that's basically a firing shot. That's shots fired in the war yeah. on Christmas if you don't say Merry Christmas instead of happy, say Happy Holidays instead, or God forbid, if you mention any other holiday but Christmas around yeah. Christmas time. That's fighting words. It's not just that, though. There are other signs of war. I guess, I, I do vaguely remember this, but Fox News used to have this interactive map, and they highlighted, like, anti-Christmas actions across the whole country. And they had, you can click on, oh, see what's there. And I, at one time, they cited the New York City Police Department told bar owners in, like, parts of New York, like Hell's Kitchen and some other parts of New York, they said, you, we like, recommend you don't serve booze to people who come into your bar in a Santa costume, especially if there's a group of them in oh. Santa costumes. This was like middle of December of that year. It was a few years ago. And so like, so Fox News had this on their interactive map. They said, this is a terrible thing. This is part of the war on Christmas. Turns out that that was the week of SantaCon held in New York City, where a bunch of people who pretend to be Santa go and do their conference. Right. And they had a reputation, a very well-earned reputation, of going out 
at night yeah. around where they held the had the convention, getting licked up, causing problems, starting fights, all kinds of things. So the police <laughs> said basically, you know what? We gotta get get some control over this. Maybe don't serve people in Santas in that. That's tournament. hilarious. Yeah. And last year, a 50-foot Christmas tree outside the Fox News headquarters was suspiciously set ablaze, and it burnt to a crisp. Yeah, I remember that. Tucker Carlson went on the air and called it a, quote, hate crime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It turned out the tree was lit up by a mentally deranged homeless man. had absolutely nothing to do with any kind of hatred for Christmas. He just thought, I'll light this on fire. And, but... Obviously, Fox News has a narrative to yes. maintain, so it served its purpose. Did you know, though, there was an actual, real war on Christmas? A war that was fought in pulpits and even in Parliament no. of England. It was a battle to stop people from celebrating both the birth of Jesus, but also this movement denied that Christmas even really was the birthday of Jesus. This war for a time was successful in banning Christmas in the United States and England. And it continued to flare up in parts of America, especially until the latter part of the 19th century. Really? Yes. Did you know also that this war was waged by the people who considered themselves the most adherent, the strictest, the most literal, perfect Christians in the history of Christianity? We're talking about the people who brought us roasted turkey. Witch trials, Boston, and wearing huge belt buckles on their hats. Those <laughs> and their people shoes. who are, of course, we know as the Puritans. Puritans, exactly. Sometimes called the pilgrims, same people. But the Puritans were the people who, who waged this real, legitimate, actual war on Christmas. Really? Yeah. So a little bit history. Is it because they thought it was blasphemous or something? Or Because yes, they're very religious, right? They were hyper-religious. Yeah. They were hyper-Christians. I mean, they thought of themselves as absolutely perfect Christians, literal Bible. Yeah. It's, it's their literalness with respect to the Bible that was part of the reason they fought oh, Christmas. Okay. So the Puritans, as we know, came to the U.S. really early, really this kind of the second major wave of, of the colonization of the U.S. And they landed at Plymouth Rock, and then they promptly instituted a super oppressive theocracy while at the same time killing the, the Native Americans who had saved their lives on that very first mm-hmm. year of theirs. That's called gratitude. In just the second Christmas for the Puritans, 1621, that's their second Christmas in this new land, their governor, William Bradford of the Plymouth Colony, he told everyone on Christmas Day, 1621, let's go to work. Just got to build some shelters, got to build, continue building our fortifications, just like any other day. Get out there and work. Yeah. A few of the, even the Puritans in the colony, and then most of the non-Puritans, people don't realize that there were non-Puritans on the, the Mayflower and, and yeah. who settled there. They weren't 100% Puritans. They mostly were. So those people, so most of the non-Puritans and some of the Puritans said, no, 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 no. We're big fans of Christmas. We hold that day sacred. So we can't work right. on this day. It's kind of like, it's like, it's a matter of conscience. And sure, Bradford it's kind of surprisingly, I think, was kind of magnanimous. He said, oh, okay, you know what? If it's your conscience, that's fine. We're going to go out and work, building stuff, save the colony. Don't worry about us. You guys stay inside in solemn contemplation about this, this holy day, as you say. So 
Bradford led the most of the Puritans out to work. They came back at lunchtime, about noon that day, I guess for lunch. They didn't have a lot of takeout or fast food yeah. places in the area yet. No and food trucks at no, the construction no, site? No, not yet. No, but those, those great whistles that uh-huh. kind of announce their presence, which are very cool. That play like a garacha? Yes, 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 <laughs> which makes it kind of weird. So they come back at noon, the, the good Puritans, I guess, and they are aghast at what they found back in the village. Bradford and the others found their fellow colonists having a great time. They were on the streets playing, quote, some were pitching the bar and some at stool ball and such like sports, end quote. Whatever No idea what stool ball is. It sounds <laughs> terrifying, but to Puritans at the time, it was fun. So they're out raucous, yeah, yeah. having a good time, not, uh, you know, silently and quietly contemplating the birth of Jesus. Quote, this is from a chronicler a little bit later. Quote, so he, Bradford, went to them and took away their implements. takes <laughs> <laughs> your bat and ball, I don't know. And told them that was against his conscience and they should play and others work. Oh, that, that it was against his conscience that they should play and others work. He's actually got a point. If they made keeping of it matter of devotion, let them keep, K-E-P, tons of misspells, by the yeah. way. Let them keep their houses, but there should be no gaming or reveling in streets. Since which time nothing hath been attempted that way, at least openly. So he said, if you're going to not work and, and do regular stuff on Christmas, which, which we, Puritan leadership, consider nothing special, then you can't go out and play and have fun. That's some bullshit. So they didn't, at least for a while. So hmm. if you wonder why he reacted this way, it's because that kind of what I just alluded to. It wasn't that there was necessity, like, oh, we got to build these shelters, or we're going to get attacked again, whatever. No, it was, right. to them, Christmas was just, just another, another day. day. Wow. It was no big deal. Puritan leaders back in the home country, not just not a big deal, but that Christmas wasn't a big deal to them. They didn't like Christmas, and they refused to celebrate it. Why? So uh, well, that's what we're going to talk about here. Okay. So... It turns out that Christmas is not so clearly the special holy day it has kind of come to be, or at least it's made out to be. Yeah. It was never, ever mentioned in the Bible. Christmas is never mentioned. It's not a thing. Like this holy day, the birth of the birthday of Jesus. Yeah. Never mentioned. The actual birthday of Jesus, never mentioned. Right. The idea of celebrating Jesus' birthday as Christmas, never mentioned. And the very, very early Christians did not celebrate. Anything like Christmas, they didn't think of. Hey, what's Jesus' birthday? We should celebrate right. that. No thought was given that they didn't. They didn't know when Jesus was born, and they weren't really very concerned about it. Puritans, they felt there was no biblical backing to Christmas, but they also viewed it as a celebration that came from those they hated even more than devils and demons, which is Catholics, not fans of Catholics, yeah. and they saw Christmas as kind of a Catholic thing. So strike two against Christmas. They, 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 it's like, you know, they felt it was a leftover of popish Catholicness that had survived into Protestantism, and so they were against it for that reason, too. They also, by the way, they thought, almost certainly correctly, that Jesus was born in September. Right. Oh. Because there are, uh, I've, I've read this before, I can't remember exactly where, but there are indications in the Bible that it was probably something like springtime 
when Jesus was born, if the whole, you know, if the whole idea of going to Bethlehem and yeah. the, the, the time of year it was. Spring time. That spring, well, not, September. that'd be, um, September would be the fall. So yeah. that'd be like harvest time. Maybe that's it. I think other people think Jesus was born in spring. Some people think the, like the Puritans that Jesus was born in September. Yeah. The Puritans thought September, there's no reason to think. December 25th is something, well, we'll find out about that here in just a second. But again, it didn't matter to them. Right. It didn't matter if they were right or wrong. Christmas was no big deal. It wasn't biblical. We shouldn't celebrate it. Yeah. But the real reason, or one of the big reasons they they really hated it, was that as we, you know, we should acknowledge now, and most people do, is that Christmas is effectively a revamped, repurposed pagan celebration. And that went against everything the Puritans <clears throat> held dear. Increase Mather, he was a top Puritan thinker of the late 17th century. Wait, first name was Increase? Increase, great name. Puritans had phenomenal I, names. They Quakers really did. had these names yeah. that were like verbs, you know, yeah. uh, weird. No, uh, they're... But cool. They're like nouns or adjectives. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah. Not verbs. Patience. Run. Li- liberty. <laughs> yes, I've that's found, right. Yeah. Yeah, Increase. Yeah, yeah I had I some um, Quaker ancestors and I have found... Some really super yeah. weird first name. I can't remember. I'm going to forget it now, but Inspector Morris, the famous English novel detective, yeah. had a Quaker name. You never knew his name until like the last book or something like that. Yeah. It was one of those funky Quaker names. That's why everybody just called him Morse. Do you remember it? No. What was it? I can't remember. Okay, thanks to the magic of Google. It's Endeavor. Endeavor, which of course we know is a spinoff <laughs> called Endeavor. That's right. So he was Endeavor Morris. Which we have watched all of the episodes. So there you go. Anyway, Increase Mather said he preached how Christmas was an invention of the early church, celebrated not as the birth of Christ, but as a way to repurpose the popular pagan Saturnalia celebration into something Christian. Yeah. Saturnalia, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I don't know. It was a Roman celebration of the birthday of the sun god Mithra. The specific date was December 25th. That was the birth of Mithra, and that fell in the middle of what was a month-long Saturnalia festival and ritual and celebrations. Yeah. It was when everybody, like, you had food and wine and festivities, stuff like that. It was just like a month-long religious, Roman religious period. And and December 25th was kind of the big day within it, so it's like, boom, let's take over that day. Yeah. The birth of Mithra? No, 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 no. Birth of Jesus. Yeah. It was perfect for that. Again, there's no reason to think. You could literally, if, if you don't know, it's, it's made up. There's a one in 365 chance that they're correct right. about that. The celebration lasted into the Christian period, Saturnalia, because it was popular. People loved it. It was a good time. So some scholars say that Pope Julius I decided to turn, he was the guy who turned Saturnalia into Christmas. He did it strategically in about 350. That's not for sure. But I think that the idea that it, it is a repurposification, real word, of yeah. Saturnalia is more or less, I, I, I don't know that that's, that's, you know, hotly debated anymore. I think it's fairly clear. Uh, yeah. I don't know for a fact, though. I'm sure there are lots of Christians. Well, I'm sure a lot of Christians yeah. not want that to be true, but it doesn't mean it's not. So what's clear is that the very early church replaced the birthday of Mithra with that of Christ. Otherwise, though, besides it, it now being, hey, we're celebrating Christmas, not Saturnalia, it kind of remained the same. So a lot of the festivities were the same for for centuries, and the, the kind of celebrations that were that characterized Saturnalia were what made it so popular. Because it, it was in part, it was about kind of class inversion. 
And so this was oh. a time, back in the Roman times, they, they would, you know, like the s- slaves would become the masters and things like that. I, it was really, and, and they would have to adhere to it for like a special day. I don't know how long it lasted exactly, wow. but you would really have this weird class inversion. Poor people were rich people and things like that. And well, so, and what do they do? Give poor people money? Absolutely, I mean, give them gifts and food and things like that. And they would really? demand those things. And that kind of celebrations lasted into Europe for centuries. In England, for example, on Christmas, children served as bishops, servants—not slaves anymore—but right. servants were the masters. And there was feasting and drinking. And the poorest man of the village, or whatever, was named the quote Lord of Misrule. And he would preside over these celebrations as the, you know, the, wow. the king of the ball. I like that idea. It's phenomenal. The best part of this was that the rich were expected to give gifts to the poor. Yeah. And again, they weren't subtle about it. You'd, you'd go to the house and say, give a shit. And if you didn't, bad things might happen. It could be riots or Ooh, that's, they, they I throw like, stuff at your house and things like that. I don't like that part. Well, other, what, what if there's some stingy rich person? Everybody Elon Musk nice. would not give any gifts, and they have every right to egg his house if he didn't. Oh, sure. I think. I thought you meant and his private a little plane. bit what? worse things than No, I don't think, I mean, I, that may have happened, but I don't think that was routine. Okay. It wasn't the purge. Yeah. Although. <laughs> I, I know some people who would endorse that. Oh, oh yeah. I know a lot of people these days <laughs> that would endorse that. So Puritans hated everything about that, naturally. They thought, First, that they thought all days were holy. Let's not pick on certain holy days, but particularly, particularly, let's not make up holy days. If there's no mention in the Bible, uh-uh, yeah, we don't do it. And they didn't see any biblical support for Christmas. They didn't like his Catholic connection, and they hated his pagan origins. Therefore, anti-Christmas. They called it Fool's Tide, oh, which is a pretty sick burn. You have to yeah, admit. Fool's Tide. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. So when the Pur- Puritans began to gain real power. And kind of as the 1600s wore on, they put their hatred for all things things Christmas into action. In the early 1640s in England, the Puritans led a parliamentary move to outlaw public feast for Christmas, Easter, and Whitsun. Whitsun is now known as the Pentecost. And they thought those three were, were not part, they were not biblical, so we shouldn't celebrate them. So they got public feasting, at least, banned for those three holidays. But the people still loved their Christmas. They loved those holidays. So sometimes riots would break out in support of Christmas yeah. that, that the Puritans were trying to you know, stop. In 1647, a riot in Canterbury helped lead to the Second English Civil War that started in 1648. And that second was, this is the hope, there was three English Civil Wars as, and the, the Puritan-led parliament against the Royalists. And the, the second one kind of brought the Puritans more fully into power so after that, they flat out banned Christmas. I think it was 1649. They banned Christmas even in private. Well, I know. So Christmas was yeah. literally outlawed because it was considered just too boisterous and too too rowdy <laughs> yeah. and too rebel. And again, people always say that oh, it's considered as a time where crazy shit happened. Yeah, but also they they there was religious reasons for it. Again, there was it wasn't just a lot of times this war is presented as just the Puritans didn't like it because people would drink and carouse. Yeah, it's not completely true. They had sort of, you know, biblical, religious, philosophical reasons for being against it. Again, yeah. partly because it but was But so what? Pagan. You do you and let other people do that? Oh, that's not really... Fundamentalist religious people don't tend to take that view, Carrie. I know. Uh, you may, may or may not know that, but, but of any stripe. Jesus would have taken that view. Yeah, yeah. If the word is fundamentalist anything, 
You rarely have a live and let live philosophy, yeah. if ever. People would do so in secret, and Christmas survived, of course, but it was publicly banned. And people, you know, you couldn't have an open right. party. You could get in trouble for it. The Calvinists, by the way, in Scotland, who had been ruling Scotland for a while, they had actually banned Christmas back in 1640. They were wow. kind of this, this a strain of Presbyterianism that was very similar to Puritanism. Yeah. And so they were in charge of Scotland. So in the British Isles, Christmas was on the outs in the 1640s and 1650s. Yeah. And in the US, the Puritans were mainly in power in New England. They, they became what's called a Congregationalist, but they're the same, effectively the same people. And they were particularly powerful in Massachusetts colony. They were emboldened by what was happening in England. So they took their war on Christmas into the public spaces of New England. In 1659, city of Boston had a notice that said, quote, for the preventing of disorders arising in several places within this jurisdiction by reason of some still observing such festivals as were superstitiously kept in other communities, Christmas, to the great dishonor of God and offense of others, it is there ordered by this court that whoever shall be found observing any such day as Christmas or the like, either by forbearing labor, festing, I think they meant fe feasting, yeah. or in any other way, Every such person so offending shall pay for every such offense five shillings as a fine to the county. Wow. That was not an insignificant amount of money right yeah. now back then. I don't know how much it was. Let's say $400,000. But it was a serious... <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at those, those <laughs> currency conversions. But it was it was considered, you know, whoa, that's, you know, yeah. that's going to that's gonna hurt most folks. So Boston banned Christmas. And wow. if you were caught celebrating it, five shilling fine. And I, I love the ver the wording that says every such offense. What does that mean? So if you, I mean, okay, you ate dinner and you oh, uh, yeah. exchanged gifts huh. and you had a Yule log. That's yeah, fifteen shillings. I don't know. I don't know how that worked, but they yeah. can they can I mess with know. you for sure. So Christmas had been banned in these United States of America in parts of New England. These victories, though didn't last very long. The restoration of England of King Charles II in 1660, they brought Christmas back pretty quickly. So that didn't last long. The, yeah. um, the round heads were overturned. Then later, anti-Christmas ordinances in New England were overturned mostly, though, in the 1680s. The Boston law, for instance, was, was, that I just read you was outlawed, was rescinded in 1681. But this was mainly due to the English authorities trying to sort of reassert and assert their control over the colonists yeah. in the U.S. and over specifically over Puritan leaders who, if you think about it, were the people they had just taken control of England back from. Yeah. These, the Puritans in the U.S. were the same people that they had fought a civil war against. So they sought to regain control. And they sent over non-Puritan governors and things like that to take over. And so making them rescind these anti-Christmas laws was part of that. In 1686, the English royal governor, I think of Massachusetts, his name is Edward Andros, he decided in 1686 to sponsor a Christmas services at the Boston townhouse. He knew, though, that most of his subjects there would not like that. Mm -hmm. So he didn't take any chances. He was a little nervous about that. He actually had armed soldiers, redcoats, at his side. Wow. Guns are ready during hymns and prayers and all the whole all the service he had ready he had people ready to protect yeah. him because he was afraid that him observing publicly Christmas could cause a riot or, or something like that. 
That's, so there was still clearly anti-Christmas attitude at this time. Yeah. There. In 1712, a top Puritan preacher, Cotton Mather, Increases son. Yeah. He told his followers that, quote, the feast of Christ's nativity is spent in reveling, dicing, carding, masking, and in all licentious liberty by mad mirth, by long eating, by hard drinking, by lewd gaming, by rude reveling, unquote. That's what we did last night. Yeah, we kind of did, actually. <laughs> and Carrie was indeed hungover on Christmas morning, so that's good. Yeah, kind we, of. We had no Christmas dinner. We didn't dinner. mask. Oh, we should have done, um, we should have masked. Damn it. We should have done a uh, um, facial mask. So, but we oh, didn't play yeah. dice. We did play games, though. Yeah. I was rude. I wouldn't say it's rude reveling, Carrie. Come on. <laughs> or lewd gaming, but in the rest of America. Yeah, our games weren't lewd. No, they but... were not. The rest of America, people loved Christmas still. Benjamin Franklin, for instance, in 1739, his poor Richard Almanac, wrote, quote, Oh, blessed season, loved by saints and sinners, for long devotions or for longer dinners. Oh, he's such a wit. He was probably doing some lewd gaming. Um, sure he was. He had that rap, yeah. Yep. Basically, it kind of divided along religious lines. So most of the country was pretty much pro-Christmas in the U.S., but New England were the, again, the Congregationalists, the, the, new, the new name for the Puritans effectively ruled. And some other parts, too, of the country, we had certain Presbyterian sects or certain Baptist sects that were very biblically literal. Yeah. They would also be very anti-Christmas in the parts of the country. It's mostly, though, in New England, where the Puritans were. Right. Most other places, but not all, were in, entirely for Christmas. But again, it was not, it's not like it was now. This war, though, would actually flare up now and again, and sometimes Christmas would be seen as a bad thing because it was associated with the British overlords. So as, as the rebellion came and the, and, the, and the Revolutionary War came and ended, and the very young United States would still be a little bit, a little taint to Christmas because it was seen as something the British, you know, supported, the British yeah. government, the, the royalty. So in the U.S. Senate in 1797... They met on Christmas Day and went run about their business. Wow. It was no big deal. In 1882, the U.S. House met on Christmas Day. Yeah. Not a big deal. Gradually, Christmas started to win out. There was the publication of a visit from St. Nicholas in 1823. That actually helped. It was hugely popular. And then, of course, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Right, yeah. Very, very popular. It made Christmas a little more special than it had been. But I mean, don't get me wrong, by this time it was still, it was a big deal, but not as big a deal as it was. And again, in New England, there's some stubbornness there. Kids went to school on Christmas in most of New England right up until the eve of the Civil War, the wow. late 1850s. You went to school on Christmas. If it was on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Friday, you went to school. Not huh. a big deal. A lot of states started in the 1830s and 40s and 50s, states started making it a state holiday, but Christmas was on a national holiday until 1870. Huh. Charles Dickens actually also brought Charles Dickens really and the Prince Albert of Sakes Coburg Gotha, who yeah. married Queen Victoria, they kind of brought the most sacred Christmas tradition now, gift giving, to the forefront. Before that, that really wasn't a thing in most parts of Europe and including England. D uh, Dickens famously, when was Christmas, Carol? I don't Late know. Late 1840s, 1850s, something like that. He had Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, his his symbol of capitalist evil greed, and yeah. greed and stinginess. When he had his change of heart, he gave gifts. Oh. And that made gift giving a little more of a thing. But it's really Prince Albert 
came over from from a part of Germany that did do modest gifts, things like some food and stuff right. like that. But they had a, a tradition of gift giving on Christmas. Yeah. And so he brought that to England. He, he had them start following that in the family, in the royal family. And that sort of just gradually caught it in England and then gradually was exported to the United States yeah. where gift giving became more of the, of the norm. But again, it was mostly pretty modest gift giving you bake someone a pie or something like that or fruitcake i was gonna say put oranges in shoes sure oranges and shoes that sounds weird somewhere Uh, maybe or fruit and shoes my mom put clothes on oranges and put them in our stocking which i oh weird very very smelled great yeah but sort of weird prince albert also gave england and later america through england the christmas tree before that in england they used a yule log yeah and so we have uh, Prince Albert to thank for destroying, I don't know, millions of trees yeah. every single year for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Well, a, they're, they look pretty. They do look pretty and they smell great, but good Lord, just leave them in the forest. Yeah. That's my thing. Just let them, let them be wild. I agree. Weirdly, when Bill O'Reilly started whining about a war on Christmas, he, he couldn't have his have had his history more wrong. Yeah. His rhetoric, though, had actually some modern... President. So in 1920s, Henry Ford, you could almost say Henry Ford kind of started the somewhat modern war on Christmas because he was pissed off that Jewish groups were starting at this time to sue cities and things like that for having public displays of religion, specifically Christianity. Right. You know, um, any kind of Christmas, Christian symbols in public spaces, you were starting to have Jewish legal groups sue this. Right. Henry Ford. They don't like it. Henry Ford, of course, hated Jews. Yeah. So he hated anything they did, but he he really was angry at this. And he basically, I don't know if he used the phrase war on Christmas, but right. he said the same thing, that these people are you know, declaring a war on Christmas and they're evil and vile. In the 1950s, the ultra-right-wing John Birch Society, they blamed communists for trying to ruin Christmas in America. That way, <laughs> they wanted to, they thought they're trying to make Christmas more secular those goddamn commies, that's to pave the way for communism or socialism to come into right. the United States. That was the John okay. Burr Society. They weren't good at logic. That no. was not, not their thing. <laughs> but I, honestly, there is a straight line from that John Birch kind of thing to Bill O'Reilly. It's exactly the same thing, basically, yeah. the secularization right. of, of Christmas. Whereas the Puritans would say it wasn't that. It was kind of the opposite. It was like... This isn't biblical. This isn't religious. Right. Knock it off. Yeah. So in 2016, when Donald Trump was elected, Bill O'Reilly said, oh, we won. War on Christmas is over because we won with Donald Trump's. But that couldn't last. Yeah. I mean, you need this fiction to, you know, yes. rally the troops, demonize the enemy, and, and you know, get clicks, get views, get ratings, yeah. sell books. It's great. It's a, it's a little sub-genre of of kind of conservative thought and conservative media in the U.S. This whole war on Christmas thing, and so it's not going to be allowed to die. It it was resumed very quickly, despite yeah. what Bill O'Reilly said. He probably said, "What the fuck did I say that for?" I'm surprised you didn't talk about the whole uh, Starbucks cup brouhaha. Oh, uh, what was the, uh, the? I do remember that. What did they do? I I don't know. Like Starbucks got rid of a red cup or something like that That's that right. they used to have at Christmas time, and it had like little. It had kind of a Christmas theme to it. It didn't have snow or something like that. Um, I'm sure it was a Christmas thing, but seriously? And they got rid of it. So, yeah. That was yeah, born Christmas. That was Literally, they thought that was an anti-Christmas. Yeah. An Private anti-Christmas companies understand weird. that their audience 
It's everybody. It's very diverse. Yes. And so if you want to say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's, who cares? If you want to celebrate Christmas, and if someone's trying to stop you from celebrating Christmas, I tell them to shut the fuck up. You're overstepping. And I have no, not, a, I could care less if somebody says Merry Christmas to me. Uh, we, we celebrate Christmas every year yeah. from, from a non-religious perspective. But I also would be equally pleased if somebody said Happy Hanukkah I, or Joyous Kwanzaa or... Is it Joyous Kwanzaa? I don't I know. know the, or, you know. Anything. Any, any holiday. Absolutely. It, it just means they're, they're being nice. I have, yeah, I have no problem well. with it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah well, it's but, crazy. Happy holidays know. is just a way of saying, <laughs> of just being inclusive. Because yes. there are several, you know. So yeah, I, I think it's it's silly, it's nonsense. It's it, The interesting thing is that the, you see this kinship between those who truly fought a war on Christmas centuries ago and fought Christmas yeah. up until not that long ago and the people who are now fighting from the opposite side. Yeah. They're, they're kind of the same people. They're yes. from the same style of American politics and, and yeah. American culture, and they're completely opposite a few hundred years apart. Yeah, which is kind of hilarious. It is weird. It's interesting. So hopefully that was interesting, but that was the actual, real, legitimate war on Christmas. It was surprisingly successful. It was fought by a surprising group of people. Yeah. And it lasted, I with you, I didn't realize it was a thing in, yeah. in, up in, well into the 1800s. I never heard of it. I, I had heard of it, but I didn't know that it went on so long and, and that it was uh, as successful as that. And again, you see it portrayed as kind of like they didn't like the sell it, the, the raucousness of it. Yeah, it was it was more religious. It specifically yeah. is specifically again that surprised me. Saying no, you can't sell it. We don't want you to celebrate Christmas because it's not Christian, right? To do so, it's yeah. not biblical. That's interesting. Yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. So hmm. thanks for listening to our special. Christmas 2022 episode. And, and we wish you a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great new year in a, in a short time. Or maybe you've already had it, but hopefully you did. And we'll see you in 23. Crazy. All right. See you guys. Bye.